Welcome to the Nifty Podcast, presented by Partyfish Media, a showcase of the best emerging filmmakers under the age of 25 from all around the world. Film starts here at Nifty 2018, presented by Oculus from Seattle, Washington. I'm Stephanie Malone, and I am one of the programmers this year at Nifty, and I'm the former executive director, and I'm really excited to be talking to Rika and Helen about their film, Period, End of Sentence, today. Um, Rika, Helen, would you guys introduce yourselves and uh, and also maybe give us a little overview about the film? Yes, of course. Um, well, my name is Rika Zatopchi, and I'm the director and one of the producers of Period, End of Sentence, and I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for, for talking to us about it. Yeah. yeah, my name is Helen, and I'm one of the executive producers, and I'm also very excited to be here. Excellent, excellent. It was a great film. It was one of the opening night films this year. Why don't you, uh, Helen, why don't you tell us a little bit about the film? And sure. um, And also, my understanding is that this started with you, and you brought Rika on board, so why don't you... Yeah, definitely. So, we're so lucky to meet Rika. Um, <laughs> but before we met Rika, um, I was a senior in high school. And we have this program where we go to the UN and we go to the Commission on the Status of Women. And while we're there, we get to learn about all sorts of issues that are affecting women worldwide. And one of the issues that we learned about was this issue that when women in developing countries um, don't have access to menstrual supplies, Mm -hmm. then they have to drop out of school. Um, But we also found out that there was a machine uh, made by an Indian man named Maruganantham uh, that makes biodegradable pads for under two cents each and also employs women who couldn't go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thought we should make a machine, we should make enough money so that we can donate a machine to a sister school in India that needs this machine, and then we should also film it mm-hmm. so we can get other schools to raise money for more machines. And so after we decided this, we recruited Rika. <laughs> and we've been so lucky ever since. How did you find Rika? Um, one of our producers named Garrett. Garrett Schiff. Garrett okay. Schiff. Um, was close to Rika, and she could I, speak more on that. Yeah, I had I had known Garrett through. Um, I'm a USC graduate, film school graduate, and I'd known Garrett um, actually through my boyfriend Sam Davis, who's also the DP and editor and sound designer of this film. Nice. Um, and get you know we had met Garrett on another set um, that we were both working on a couple years ago, and he'd seen my other short narrative short film Moderon. Um, and he was like, hey, we need a young female director, and um, I don't know if you've made a documentary before, but you know, <laughs> let, let me know if this issue moves you. And um, I remember he called me, I was at an airport on my way to Scotland, and I, I was like literally boarding the plane. I'm so glad I picked up, cause, or else I wouldn't have talked to him for, for weeks, and you guys yeah. might have moved on to another director. But yeah. um, I remember him telling me about the issue really briefly, and just the entire flight, I was just, I was so moved. I was crying. I was literally like, how do I not know about this issue of women and girls um, like dropping out of school or, or being so incredibly inhibited by this, by this issue mm-hmm. of not having access to sanitary pads? I, and I realized I'd never thought about it because I never had that, that um, you know, disadvantage. I never even had to think about whether I would have a pad or a tampon the next time I got my period for me. It was like having toilet paper. Sure. Um, and, and that was really profound to me, realizing that, hey, you know, like you, you yourself are a woman and you've never even had to think about this. And there are millions of women around the globe, even in the United States, homeless women, um, even even young women who are in school and are, you know, have homes um, who experience this. Um, so, 
you know, it felt like it was much bigger than me and was just, just sent chills down my spine. It seems like such just a general health necessity. Mm-hmm. It's strange to me at times why it costs any money at all, much less why it's totally. taxed in places like Washington State mm-hmm. so and so many other states. But so, yeah, I... I um, yeah. I was really struck by it. I took um I took my um my family came to opening night. Oh. My two little boys who are eleven and thirteen watched and both of them said that that was their favorite film. Oh, which was pretty cool. That's so sweet. Yeah, and it's interesting because I, I think just in general, I think menstruation, even in the United States, feels like a little bit of a taboo topic mm-hmm. to talk about. But I've tried to to be open in terms of just talking about stuff with my kids so I was pretty jazzed to hear that these boys mm-hmm. thought that that was a really cool thing that that the yeah. nonprofit was doing trying to raise money and that this was a documentary that they just hadn't really thought about mm-hmm. access to you know sanitary napkins and, totally. and stuff so yeah yeah, yeah. I, I'm jazzed to hear that too. I remember yeah. when I was at school, I was the first person to ever talk about it on a big stage. Like, sure. I was like in front of like my whole school, like, hey, everybody, um, you should raise money for this. Menstruation stigmatization is a huge deal. Here's why. Um, and at the time, nobody would talk about that. But now it's so cute because we travel with all the girls at Oakwood who are there still. I'm now at USC Graduate School for Film, um, but we still do it through the high school. And all the ninth grade girls are talking about their periods all the time. It's very cute. It's like, it's cool. So, yeah. yeah. It's hip. Like, why are we not yeah. talking about our bodies? Why are yeah. we not talking about the thing that, uh, I think in a lot of ways, gives women power, you know? Yep. It, it's, mm-hmm. we couldn't give birth if it weren't for yeah. periods. That was one of my favorite lines, too, <laughs> of course, right? I mean, that was like, that was your killer line in the movie. <laughs> but that one guy who says, who's, I'm going to totally slaughter this, but. Who's like who's the strongest or who's mm-hmm. the greatest and 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 he was and what does he say? Is it, the strongest just, creature created by God in the world is not the lion, not the tiger, not the elephant. It's the girl. Thank you. Yeah, that was great. I mean, that was that was quite a powerful uh, piece right there. That really and he really believes that at I'm his sure. core. I mean, that that man who who said that was um, is Mr. Berg and Anthem, and he's actually the inventor of the pad machine. And he has a whole other, you know, backstory as well. And um, recently, a biopic in India that was released on him and um, called the Padman. So um, he has quite a, a bit of international attention now. Yeah. But I, you know, it's really incredible what he's what he's doing and how he's sort of taken upon himself to make this happen. Very cool. Yeah. Seems like such a uh, a film for our times right now, too. Right? I mean, just in terms of, I don't want to make because this is the second podcast I will make every podcast about this but just with the Me Too movement mm-hmm. and I, I think just a, a renewed light in the last couple years on, on women's role in society and um, it just it, it feels like the right time for a film like this to be out too. for a pad revolution yeah, yeah I think pad revolution <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love it um so, Raika, what was interesting to me is um, I, I programmed the documentaries this year, uh, was to see you pop up in, uh, <laughs> as I was going through things, because I do remember you so well. Um, 
Modern. No. Mm-hmm. Did I say it correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Modern. I mean, okay. technically in Farsi, it's modaron, so... Um, that sounds so much that's... more beautiful than what I just said. <laughs> but modern is fine for, for this podcast, yeah. Well, in 2016, you took home Best Narrative uh, Short from Nifty, and uh, that w- if I remember correctly, do I? Uh, I think it was, like, Best young filmmaker like best young filmmaker or something like that I did, see, between I did, the ages doing... of like 21 and 20 or something like that <laughs> so i was doing it based on memory but i did remember the award ceremony and and presenting you with that and it was it was a stunningly gorgeous and thoughtful film and thank you yes absolutely how does it feel taking a step into the documentary realm? Amazing. I mean, you asked me that question, and I just got chills because I think I'm, um, I, like, get emotional talking about it. I never, like, ever thought about documentary filmmaking even being, like, a possibility, or um, I never thought that I would be interested in it, even though I've somehow always, I think, been a little bit of an activist and interested in social issues, even in my narrative work that I've done. Sure. Um but this came along and it was sort of like, oh wow, this is an incredible cause. Um, I it, it I feel like I, I'm very connected to it, not only because I'm a woman, but because I'm you know of the age and I think um, very much immersed in this world. And um, and it was so hard to turn down. I mean, I literally could not think of a reason to turn it down. There was some fear of you know I've never done a documentary before. Sure. How can I curse? Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Go for like, it. How, like, seriously, I was like, how the hell am I going to make this happen? And also, um, uh, you know, it's just a lot of like, you know, it was a very big thing at, when we first started. It was like, we don't really know like what exactly the story is going to be, but we're going to sort of figure it out. And so um, I think I, I've learned so much and I, I, I've also learned so much about myself as a filmmaker that, like, I for sure want to do documentaries for the rest of my life, along with narrative films. And it sort of opened up this whole world for me as a filmmaker where I'm like, I don't have to, like, you know, just be, like, a one-track mind. Like, I have to make a feature film. I have to I have to make my first feature. It's like, like, pay attention to the world around you. What speaks to you? What's important mm-hmm. to you? And um, whatever truth that means, really, do it. Yeah, truth really can be stranger than than fiction right I mean I I find I find documentaries pretty fascinating I'm so excited to hear you might make more (laughs) (laughs) I would love to it'd be such an honor and a privilege and you know I kept thinking this while while we were like um in just maddening traffic on our way outside of Delhi into the villages um it's terrifying, by the way. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever been to India, mm-hmm. but the traffic is just terrifying. <laughs> All sorts of animal, animals and vehicles just, like, practically crashing into each other. Um, I, I just kept thinking, gosh, like, I'm, I feel so lucky being here. I feel so lucky being here. Like, whenever in my life would I get this opportunity to, like, mm-hmm. literally walk into some random person's world and, and home and life and experience it with them and, and see them for who they are and love them and, and um, have them like feed me and want, you know, want to bring me into their world and, and hear their stories. Like it was so, it was so cool getting to do that and just experiencing this totally new world that you, you know, would have never even thought about experiencing. That's great. Yeah. 
Excellent. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about the process. Um, many documentary filmmakers, most, many, I don't know, uh, will have some sort of idea sketched out, even on the thinnest of, of lines, because inevitably the road that you think that you're going to build is going to change, because it, it is a documentary. Um, but you try to plan for a story arc, and mm -hmm. so can you tell us about the process that you went through, especially, I mean, that'll be, and yeah, and maybe Helen, you might have some thoughts on that as you brought Rika in, but um, why don't you tell us how you envisioned it, and then I also, I'll, I'll, I'll jump ahead too, because it's sort of a two-parter, but mm -hmm. how that changed throughout when you were actually filming, and then through the edit, which is really when you start to build your story out. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I found the process to be fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, you're always so surprised, like every single day you're so surprised that whatever you are expecting is taking a totally different, <laughs> totally different path and you have to be, to, you have to be open, open to that. Um, and also just follow your gut instinct constantly along the way, I think in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, it was really challenging actually, that process, um, because like I said, like I came in and it was like, hey, we wanna install this machine, let's make a movie about it. But it's but there's so many components to this story, right? I mean, what's incredible about it is there's a group of like 15, 16, 17 year old high school girls with their English teacher, who's also a producer, <laughs> Melissa Burton, and like, you know, spearheading this whole thing. Um, and they are doing a Kickstarter, they're doing yoga-thons, they're doing um, like bake sales, raising money for this cause, um, and also communicating with these Indian organizations, Action India, who we worked with, um, to build relationships with them, building relationships with Anthem and his team um, to get the machine there. So there's all this work being done kind of in the background and that's also a really profound thing. And as a filmmaker and a storyteller, you go, okay, well, that's a really interesting thing, right? There's yeah. a group of like 16-year-olds in Los Angeles um, who understand their privilege, right? And are using it for, for, a, good, for a good cause. Um, and, and then you have the India component, right? You have the village women who are starting this, you know, sanitary pad-making business. Um, so I think working with the team a lot, like hearing what the girls wanted, hearing what, um, you know, Melissa wanted, hearing what um, FMF, who is the Feminist Majority Foundation, another organization that support, supported us throughout the process, um, what they wanted and sort of like being really good about like hearing people and like navigating those worlds in a lot. Of, in, in a, so that's a lot of it, I think. Um, so initially it was like, let's make a film about these high school girls in Los Angeles, like meeting these women in India mm -hmm. um, and making this happen. Um, and then I went to India and it's like, boom, all of that changed. Um, because I was in India with Sam, boyfriend DP. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was like, it was so clear wow, like the, when this machine was installed, it was like, there's an alien in this village. Things are changing. Something's brewing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all this buzz. And it was so fascinating to me. And there were so many interesting stories that these women had. Um, just 
like what brought them to that point and how this machine was going to change their lives and empower them in so many ways. And, um, you know, you shoot, you shoot, you shoot, you shoot, you shoot, and then you come back to the States and you get the footage translated and you, you review footage and, and you realize we need to like zero, we need to focus in on, on what this story really is. And to me it was, um, it was like this machine and how it's, and it's sort of ripple effects and how it's affecting these women. Yeah. Because I mean, some of these women become entrepreneurs, right? Which, which was a little unexpected Mm -hmm. as you go through this film watching it. Um, and that's really the most empowering thing too, mm -hmm. is, is it's not, and this is the thing that I think the Oakwood girls were also really sort of hypersensitive about and aware of is like, we don't want to, this isn't a Band-Aid. We're not helping these women. Mm-hmm. We're working with these women. Um, and we're creating a solution. We're not just putting a Band-Aid over the problem and providing pads. They're making their own pads and they're earning, you know, wages from from those profits. Um, and, and that became very clear when we were there. Like, this is where, this is our story. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, what'd you think about the editing process? <laughs> um, I, I feel like I I feel like I didn't really understand what the film was or what we had until I came back to the States and mm-hmm. had the footage translated. Mm-hmm. Because you're only really understanding like fifteen percent or twenty percent because I don't speak Hindi and I hadn't aren't... even thought about that. Yeah, yeah, course. that's a whole other language yeah. barrier. I don't speak uh, any <clears throat> any Hindi whatsoever. Um, and we were very lucky to have our um, Indian producer who um, was like on you know on the ground in Delhi sp- speaks fluent Hindi speaks fluent English as well mm-hmm. um, and Mendakini Cocker and she's just this amazing um, really strong woman and um, so we would kind of sit um, in front of our subjects and we would sort of have a conversation about like what we wanted to get and um, know a little backstory about the person and then she would conduct the interview and then kind of check in with me every 10 minutes or so give me a little summary of what what we just heard and then we'd sort of like adjust the questions based on that but you have very little information on on what's really happening so when we come back to the states you get it all translated you're like oh my gosh Mm -hmm. oh my gosh this is so exciting this is like we have this and i had no idea um and and it's really i think i think what was so challenging is i like you always want to be you always (laughs) i was like i want to make a feature like why aren't we just making a feature we have so much footage Mm -hmm. and um you you start to kill your kill your babies and um, and, and you, and you like carve and carve and carve and carve and, and, and you try to make it as a laser focus as possible. Mm-hmm. And you, you realize like, you know, it's, it's best in short form. This so particular story. The, the killing your babies, right? Like yeah. that's the thing about documentary filmmaking. So do you have something you let go of that you still think of? There's so many things. <laughs> you know what? Um, I don't still think of any of them. That's good. Because I think, of, you know, I made, you made the right you decisions. Asked, if you, yeah, if you asked a question like probably, a, you know, our last week of editing, I'd be like, oh, I'm still precious about this. I'm still precious about that. Mm-hmm. I'm bummed about it. But um, you, you kind of have to just like throw it all out the window. Once you finish the cut, it's like, this is your film. This like this is what will live on. This is what will people, people will see. This is what you'll see for the next, you know, mm-hmm. two years or whatever however um, lucky you are <laughs> to be able to screen it. Um, 
and then you just you just accept that that's what it is and you kind of just don't remember I mean I think some of the biggest problems actually that that um, some lesser experienced documentary filmmakers do make is holding on to some of those darlings that they should be letting go of. So, oh, I, ha- I had that struggle for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's 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 hard, but yeah. I mean that that is just watching a, a lot of docs yeah. when I do the the programming. Um, you definitely it's it's a pitfall. It's hard to, it's hard to let go of. It's a real challenge. Yeah, yours is very tight. It was really great. Thank you. Well, we were very lucky to have um, good uh, advisors as well. Doug Blush, um, who's an editor as well, and also um, producer of many documentaries, worked on Icarus and um, nice. just multiple feature documentaries. We brought him in sort of as an advisor, um, and. Um, he worked with um, me and Sam, who edited the film, and, yeah. and sort of um, gave us advice in the last stages, and we were able to carve many minutes off of that as well. That's so great. It's Good also for just, you guys for listening and seeking yeah, out Yeah, it's advice, also too. just like having the right people around mm-hmm. and, and listening to them when you need to. Excellent. Um, well, I think uh, what I want to ask now is what's up next for you, Rika? Ooh, what's up next? Can I, um, not a lot I can talk about, (laughs) unfortunately. Um, But I I do have a personal project that I'm working on that I'm currently writing. Um, It is a narrative feature. Um, I, it's just a story that's very um, near and dear to my heart. Um, And it's about my my Iranian family experience. I love it, that's great. Excellent, well thanks for teasing that out. How about you, Helen? Um, well, graduating uh, USC screenwriting for nice. my MFA, but I also just wanted to make a p- quick plug for the PAD project. Sure. Um, if you want to know more about it, you can go to www.thepadproject.org and find out more. And also, we just got, um, because of all of our work around the film and all of our mm-hmm. fundraising, we were able to install another machine in the neighboring village. Ah, um, congratulations. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. And you beat exciting. me to it. I was going to ask you yeah. how people can find out more okay, about <laughs> about the project and about yeah. you, Rika. Do you have um, a website or social media handles that you want to share? I at do. All? Do I have to like write? Do I have to like list out the the letters of my? <laughs> How, however, however you feel will be helpful so that people can find you. Um, I would just go to the padproject.org. I think Got it. That's the best. Padproject.org is more important than my personal website. All right. Um, all right. But yeah, you can also catch us at other festivals. We're um, continuing to screen. We have AFI Fest coming up, and we've also Oscar qualified and have uh, submitted to the Academy Awards too. And so, we'll, uh, I will we'll have see my fingers crossed. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. Thank you. Oh. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, For more information on Nifty 2018 presented by Oculus, the talented youth, and more emerging filmmakers, check out nifty.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at NFFTY or on Instagram at niftyfilm. For more podcasts from Partyfish Media, follow us on social media at Partyfish Media. Fish media.